0: Right, so first Birch with is it Modifius? is that how you yeah, pronounce Modiphius, it yeah so I want to know I mean I know all about Act 2 Cthulhu and I know about the uh kickstarter and I've, I've obviously read through a couple of them but what i'd like to know more about is the cogs cakes and sword sticks a little bit but also yeah. the mutant chronicles and dust adventures you have coming up okay as well, far as what you're allowed to tell sure well mutant chronicles
1: uh obviously was the massive gaming brand in the 90s yep. so we're rebooting the role-playing side of it there's some guys called Brodos who just did a Kickstarter for Warzone, the miniatures games. Um, so what we've done, because uh, there was a huge storyline that spans about sort of a thousand years in the original Music Chronicles world. So we've gone right back to the beginning, and you're going to start right as kind of hell is unleashed on humanity in the 25th century. Um, you've got this thing called the Dark Symmetry that is unleashed by an expedition to Pluto. Um, and then things just get weird technology starts to break down it ends up kind of backtracking civilization to like a kind of diesel punk style lifestyle they have to get rid of all the computers because they just get corrupted and um, go horrifically wrong and and so you get this you know it's kind of crazy massive guns big shoulder pads that it was famous for but it's a really cool uh, kind of diesel punk uh, retro future uh, dark horror adventure game so We're going to have a great time with it. It's a long genre.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Now, is this going to have its own system? Yeah,
1: we're just, uh, we're in playtesting with about 320 groups at the moment. Who are kind of hardcore fans. Uh, As soon as we announced, they just came pouring out of the woodwork. It's amazing. People have been playing it still in uh, Spain and in Sweden and in Poland. And it's, it's just, there's a lot of love for it, even though it's been quiet for the last few years. So what
0: can you tell me about the system? Uh,
1: um it's well we're, we're trying actually a couple of systems at the moment okay. so because we want to get it right and it's i wanted it to be a cinematic system that was easy to teach people didn't have a lot of addition and subtraction and you know all those you know what i hate is when you're kind of three hours into a game and it's midnight and you're on your 10th combat or encounter you want it to be fun you don't want to start bypassing rules because your brain's hurting yeah. you want it you still play the same rules because it's so easy so that's what we're aiming for. It is a D20 system, um, and it uses. Uh, you can you get a certain number of successes, and then you can spend those successes to um, avoid someone's armor, to get a shot at them whilst they were leaning out of the cover. And uh, there's a cool thing called the uh, Dark Symmetry Pool that grows every time someone rolls a, d- a twenty. An extra dice gets thrown in the bowl, and that the GM can spend those dice to get corruption rolls on. Techn- so it stops working, or to to get a um, one of the villains to act immediately after you. So st- stuff can happen, you know, when you're not expecting it. And it and it's got this very visual ominous uh, feel as you s- the players can see this dice pool growing, and they know the GM's going to spend it and give them hell.
0: And so, only the GM can spend them? Yeah, yeah.
1: And the G- the, the players have got chronicle points, kind of like fate points that they right. can uh, spend to give them dice, you know. Rolls and so
0: you're giving power
1: back to the GM
0: basically. Oh yeah. With, with the player's success, yeah. is it only when the players roll a 20 or is it when anybody
1: rolls a 20? No, it's, yeah, anyone rolls a 20. Okay. The, so even if the GM rolls when he gets a dice as well and laughs maniacally, you know. Uh, but it's you know we're also uh, teaching the gem how, how to use it, how to have fun using it, and um, uh, and to kind of save it up for the right dramatic moments and things like that. So and it and it works really well. I mean, all the playtests we've been having are super fun and quick and uh, it's hilarious. And our own, our own group is mostly non gamers, and uh, we just got them straight into it and playing. Are and they to, mostly war
0: gamers or no? Never played not played role playing oh, games at all. Yeah
1: one guy has we've got a couple of girls and a couple of other guys and you know I just love teaching people to play games and uh, so that's what I've been look, really trying to develop as a system that people really just get and they can teach their friends to play easily and it's, it's a mad crazy world as well so it's very colourful and largely like so why did you go for that license? I played it, I was I loved the brand in the 90s, oh, okay. and I had the board games, Siege of the Citadel, and Fury of the Klansman. So it was a personal a person. Yeah, I loved it, and um, funny enough, I knew the people at the company who licensed it for a few years, and I made, uh, even like a year ago, because I, I used to be part of a t-shirt company, and we were doing some t-shirt deals with them, and they'd said, oh, you know, we've got Mutant Chronicles, and I was thinking about it, and, and it's funny because obviously the steampunks really big and diesel punk is kind of just riding the wave behind steampunk and it's it's got that style to it. And I just thought, you know what, that whole art look is coming back into fashion, and I just love the whole setting. And I thought, you know what, let's let's do it. You know, we'll have a lot of fun with it. and They trusted us with it, so uh, and we're having a great time.
0: So, what can you tell me about the Dust
1: Adventures license that you just landed? So, um, when we were doing the acting Cathedral Kickstarter, so I uh, I got talking to Paolo Parente, who's of Dust Studios, yep. and we actually and I actually pitched him, and I said, oh, well, I thought you might like our acting Cthulhu and he said oh I, I've, I've been watching you for ages I love it and we got talking and I said oh I love Dust Tactics I've been playing that too and um, so and we I pitched the idea why don't we do a crossover supplement as part of our Kickstarter and he was like awesome that sounds great oh yeah, so oh, yeah I remember it's that it's called now, Secrets okay. of the Dust so that's right the, some of the heroes from the Dust universe are going to get trapped in a, on a sort of Cthulhu world with heroes from the Acting Cthulhu world and they've got a they're kind of enemies but they've gotta to work together to survive and survive the kind of terrors of that planet. And then so what I did is after we do we were talking about that, I said, look, you know, how about doing a Dust role-playing game? And he was like, Brilliant, let's let's do it. So it's it's going to use the same dice, it's going to use a lot of the same systems from Dust Tactics, because a lot of people love Dust Tactics and Warfare, because it's a really simple system to Yeah, I,
0: I saw the demo, I think it was a year or two ago over at the fantasy yeah. flight booth, and it was very simple. Easy. Now, is this yeah. going to use the same, the dice that have the yeah.
1: exploding in Yeah, and you, you can still use D6 if you want to, it's yeah. pretty easy. But um, it's going to, we're going to again, we're going to backtrack the storyline, because in the Dust Tactics box, you're basically an allied force on a mission into a gigantic uh, Axis bunker in Antarctica because it's all wrapped around alien technology that lets the Axis develop these big walkers and there's this sort of hunt for the, um, the mineral that powers the walkers so in the role playing game we're going to go back to the story that, where the allies actually find out about this base and you're going to be the kind of grunts that grow into the heroes that are the kind of are acting around the big missions and we're going to include missions for Dust Tactics so that it's compatible with both games the war gamers can buy it and get more missions and um, you'll be able to take characters from the war game into the role playing game and vice versa you know so it's a lot of fun and we're we're just starting the development on the system at the moment
0: now when you consider the, uh, the range and movement mechanics are they based on the current dust tactics miniatures um I can't say at the moment
1: simple as answer I don't really know but it's, oh. we're, we're trying to stay as close to Dust Tactics as we can okay. so there's not as much changes but of course you have to be able to scale up you, ha- you have to be able to have a character that grows from a grunt to the big hero that can kick ass well I just mean the actual physical scale of the character oh sorry yeah no we're using the same yeah the same miniatures yeah okay yeah. so all the miniatures in the game you could play as a character or okay. it might be a monster you know or, or someone villain that you've got to fight. So, um, it's yeah, we, we've tried to make it as compatible as possible. You'll be able to use the tiles from the game. We're going to be doing some cool adventure tiles that, for the role-playing that will match up yeah. to the Dust Tactics tiles, you know. So, it's, it's kind of got all those winning elements. I hope. Now, who's writing Mutant Chronicles? Uh, well, we've just kind of got a team coming together at the moment. Um, there's going to be a lot of familiar faces in there. Not necessarily for Mutant Chronicles past just kind of name writers from the industry um, but we're still at the kind of alpha development stage which is and it's me and uh, Mikael Cross uh, are also a genius layout designer who's been designing the, the rule system there's the guy
0: yeah for now you guys haven't started writing this at all yet? You're just no, still, still. Um, yeah, we've
1: kind of been brainstorming what will work really yeah. well as a real system for it, and I've been really pushing the team to let's let's stay as close to the systems that people know already. Um, just to, just because there's going to be a lot of players who play Dust Tactics and Dust Warfare who maybe never play the role-playing game. Yeah. Who are going to see this and go, "Well, let's give it a go," and I want them to just pick it up really easily. But we're going to have a lot more depth as well. So, real hardcore role players are going to be able to add in some optional rules and all kinds of stuff. So, and then Cogs, Cakes, and Sawsticks is our kind of pulp steampunk game, Lynn Hardy, who's actually the editor on and line manager on acting Cthulhu, wrote this as
2: well. So yes, it was basically designed to be played in the comfort of your favourite tea shop with as much tea and cake as you can physically manage uh, and needing nothing more than a sugar cube and a napkin. And you write your character on the napkin and you put dots on the sugar cube and use it as your D6. The thought was, uh, we go to an awful lot of steampunk conventions in the UK, and there's an awful lot of people who like dressing up, doing the the cosplay side of things, but have never tried tabletop. And we wanted to do something that would be simple and straightforward, that would bring them into gaming, basically. Uh, So it's incredibly simple. You have three statistics. That's where the name of the game comes from. Cogs is your technical thinking skill. Cakes is your social skill. And sword sticks is your fighty physical. Skill. It doesn't have to be fighting, it can just be. We've got dancers, we've got um, rugby players, we've got hockey players, all sorts in there. Uh, in homage to things like fate and quags, you give it a really quirky name. And then it's up to you to persuade your GM that you can actually achieve what you want to within that skill. So it's very broad, very storytelling-oriented, but very simple and straightforward. There is one table, and you need one dice. Only one? Only one. There can be only one. Oh, so it doesn't have to be a D6. It does have to be a D6, because the table doesn't work. Oh, okay. But yeah, um, D6 are great. They're easily available as well. That's one of the reasons why we went for them. The artwork is by um, a gentleman called uh, Jeff Banyard, who is a phenomenal artist. Very cartoony, but very evocative and sort of feeling that we wanted to give it. So it's fun. The thing is that you can make of it what you will. We've run all sorts of different campaign styles with it. So we've done gothic horror. We've done reasonably hardcore steampunk sci-fi um so it's if you want to do cthulhu steampunk you can do cthulhu steampunk it's been written so that it's flexible enough so that you can put your own stamp on it and we hope that people will take it away and make it very much their own
0: so is it more of a it doesn't seem very mechanical in terms of the game
2: it's not it's very simple you can almost
0: take the the setting itself and, and Yes. And just layer it on top of another game. Is yes, kind of-
2: and again, that's one of the reasons why we've got the simple system for people yeah. who aren't used to role-playing or who prefer to- the storytelling elements, but the background is there so that you can take that. And if you like the background but hate the rules, take the background and use it with your favorite rules.
0: Yeah. So what are the simple mechanics? Just, just roll over. Is it a
2: success-based? It, it is success-based. Success so based? each of your attributes is... Um, you have your primary attribute which gets you a plus three bonus and your other two attributes at your secondaries they get you a plus two bonus to your roll. The GM sets you a difficulty level based on how hard he thinks it's going to be for you to achieve this particular thing. You roll your dice, you add your number and as long as you meet it or beat it, you succeed. Easy enough. I'm guessing Hope this you? is the chart. That's the table. That's the table. Compact and bijou we like to think. Yeah. The first chapter of the book is created as a pick-up-and-play guide. So it's the very, very simple rules, pre-generated characters and a little scenario to run you through so that you can start playing straight away with a minimum of fuss and nonsense. Because we don't like fuss and nonsense. And then the rest of the book slowly takes you through building your own character, developing ideas, gives you the background on the world. And then there's another scenario at the back as well.
0: So do you create your own definition of what each of these yes. attributes means?
2: Yes. You come up with a name. So say if you were an inventor, uh, your core skill could be man with a shed because that's where you do all of your inventing. And then it's up to you, if you come up with a challenge, to convince the GM that you can use that to achieve it. Excellent. Anything
0: else? Oh, I gotta
2: go, too. You gotta go. (laughs) Yeah, sorry.